Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to The Crossrip. This is episode 334 for the week of September 4th, 2017. How are y'all doing out there? We've got a fun episode coming up for you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about IDW's conclusion to Ghostbusters 101, that sixth issue is out. We do have a little bit of a spoiler-filled conversation, so don't go any further if you haven't ri- uh, read that issue yet. Uh, we're going to talk about PKE Surge. Oh man, there's so much. Here we go. Stillplayingwithtoys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. But I'm a hat owner, so that's all right. Your hat and a shirt. I'm a shirt owner. I'm sitting here staring at it as we speak. I did not make it to the post office. I'm sorry. It's all right. There's no rush. As long as it's safe. It's safe. Although it's under the beer. Why don't I move the beer over here? (laughs) Just in case. I may be a shirt owner for a bit longer than I anticipate. (laughs) (laughs) Wishful thinking. Gotta get the beer out. Wishful thinking. Yeah. Huh? Um... But uh, yeah, no, you're you're a hat owner, uh, you're a shirt owner. Hopefully, you're not a nerd block owner. Did you see all the stuff that's happening with them right now? Nerd block and uh, shirt punch. Is it shirt punch? I thought it was ripped apparel. Maybe it's shirt punch. I think it's shirt punch is their subsidiary, but nerd, yeah, nerd block is the they, one that like just disappeared overnight. Yeah, they collapsed. Uh, they folded in on themselves. Um, by all accounts, people kind of preferred them and what they were offering versus uh, Loot Crate. Yeah, well, they were the ones that provided all of the stuff to the Ontario uh, Ghostbusters, right? Well, was that you should mention one? that oh, okay. because because of this uh, falling apart, it, that's how it kind of, I learned in passing that a friend of or one of the Ghostbusters of Ontario, I'm not sure whom, uh, actually worked for Nerdbook. It's a Canadian company. Right. Yeah. So as of so, remember way back when. Rewind back to me going. <laughs> there's a lot of large groups, very high profile. How come they only reached out to the one? They didn't reach out. It's just somebody had a had somebody an had in, an in, right. and then they in turn talked to the rest of us. So uh, uh, mystery solved. Uh, okay. Nor does it change the fact sense. that I, I love all the stuff we got out of it. But uh, yeah, they were slightly cooler. I mean, I've never we got loot crate. Uh, at work, uh, somebody uh, outside the company uh, subscribed us for a year or whatever, and we were getting the loot crates, and they were they were okay. Um, but I didn't see a lot of exclusive stuff like they were the original gather up randomness yeah. and put it together. Whereas Nerdblock was kind of going out of its way with like the the red cover. Uh, paperback or trade paperback or whatever you want to call it uh, Tobin Spirit Guide yeah their own edition they were having like yeah. exclusives uh, commissioned and things like that yeah yeah like wasn't um turn my chair slowly you said there was like a Vigo I like can't. cleaning cloth or something like that I can't remember what the yeah I don't know if those are exclusives I've just never seen them before yeah. I can't see it over here it's under the spotlights mm. damn it but I have um, uh, there was a Titan uh, Ecto-1 
which instead of coming in the blind box, got packaged up in its own special box, and it was like an exclusive edition for, I believe it was Nerdblock. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did a lot of that. Huh. The shirts, I'm trying to think of what shirts, if I own any of their shirts. It'd be a shame if... It wasn't, so I think <laughs> Shirt Punch... If I can't replace some of my shirts. I don't, I, yeah, they had their... I think it was Shirt Punch, but I, I don't have it. I literally was just reading it uh, before we started recording, but kind of kind of shocking because like you said they were the cool company i mean loot crate is pretty cool and they're the big brand cool. you know they're really yeah. out there and, and putting themselves they're marketing they're doing a lot of advertising but like uh nerd block apparently for, for those of you who don't know if you weren't subscribing or, or you haven't heard this news yet um so nerd block apparently with their last months like the july box sent everybody a whole bunch of like old stuff they decided oh we got all of this stuff lying around here here you go here's your july crate uh and it was all stuff that a lot of people already had and they were like what what gives um and then all of a sudden people that had put in orders for exclusives or for the shirts or uh had put in subscriptions for you know the year or three years or whatever um stopped hearing from them completely and then it sounds like all of the the companies that were working with Nerdblock, and they were uh, there was the company that was working with them on a Mega Man exclusive, and they said, "Yeah, we we delivered this, and uh, we never got paid for it." They they kept saying, "Oh, we're just waiting for this to happen, one thing or another." You got to talk to this person in this department. Sort of the the trademark signs that a company has no money. They were just sort of like shell yeah. gaming stuff around. Um, and then overnight, I guess last night or the night before their website went down for maintenance. You don't, you can't see I'm doing the air quotes, but, uh, <laughs> and every, all of the employees sound like they were laid off. It sounds like our, our, yeah. our poor listener who actually worked for the company is no longer employed there. So, um, they've, they've folded and it just sort of seemed to happen overnight, which yeah. kind of a bummer. I'm looking at the, their, uh, Google no, there it is. What's it called? Resellerratings.com. And they have consumer reviews. Oh, no. I'm sure they're it's at 1.1 out of 10. Oof. Um, don't get me wrong. I understand why people have done that. At the same time, you're not really impacting them because they're gone. They're good. gone. Yeah. If they've, uh, especially for, if they filed for, for bankruptcy, that's there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. I. It, well, it looks like they were trying to turn something around because I wanted to see if uh, I mean, it was too much to hope for that shirt punch was still up so I could look at their shirt offerings, but, um, their shirt punch, uh, landing page said they're reorganizing the site. Uh, they'd be back August 2nd and obviously that's well that past August past. 2nd. Yeah. That feels a lot like that's a real good way to actually, oh, we're going to keel over and we don't want to deal with the hassle of, um, people placing orders that we know we're yeah, not going to be able to fill. We, yeah, that's a good point. And, and I'm well, sure they're still yeah. dealing with refunds and, and things like that, uh, yeah. that nobody's well, there to field. So no, one of the biggest complaints was, is they put up a blog post and it basically said, um, if you like it, it is so dire for them. They, they can't, they're not even offering refunds. Like yeah, they are just, um, uh, they are in the, the red, uh, and they put a blog post out saying, um, you know, if you bought, you know, credit card or whatever, here's, they laid it all out. They basically said, here's the steps you need to take to, 
to get your money back if you did hmm. it by cart. I guess reverse all of them probably would have been yeah, done reverse by cart. the charges reverse or something. Reverse the charges yeah. and all that sort of thing. And a lot of people got mad at them for that. And I'm kind of like, well, I understand that you'd like to get your money back directly, but given the number of times I've seen companies die and they just wander off <laughs> with the money, um, uh, especially in, in this Kickstarter yeah. age, like think of how many times Kickstarter projects have just sort of... Oh, I've gone away 50 to 75%. (laughs) I mean, even before then 88 miles per hour immediately came to mind. Like, Hey, you guys out there still waiting for your hardcover? I am. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah. What is it with Canadian companies and Ghostbusters? You guys are, you're just too, you're too friendly and too nice that you, you don't want to maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Well, (laughs) yeah. Too, too, uh, you don't want to swindle people. Yeah, too nice to, but actually funny enough that you brought up 88 miles per hour because that was a very similar situation by the feel of it, which was if we can just get this next thing rolling, we'll be back up on our feet and build from there, but they could not follow through on it. Like they, they were like the hardcover, they took pre-orders on it, but obviously somewhere along the line, it wasn't enough to to get the run going and... When we know some uh, of the creative team never got paid for their work, and yeah, it was yeah. a very similar situation. So I never, I never got my money back on that. That was forty-five bucks. Uh, oh God, what fifteen years ago? That was a long ago? time. Ago. I don't think I ever got my money back. Oh no, I think I did because I ordered through Graham Crackers, and they're a respectable uh, company. They're there a, you go. Graham Crackers in Chicago is lovely. I mean, those guys Whereas are the best. I bought, but I bought mine direct. I think. Yeah. But uh, last, so anyway, so uh, nerd block that was an unscheduled uh, tangent. I just thought it was interesting. But um, so uh, really quick before we get into stuff, I just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners in in Texas in the Houston area, Uh, friends, family, listeners. We hope you guys are all safe. We know it's been really tough with all of the flooding down there. It's it's looked pretty horrible. Um, So uh, if you are like me, um, there has not been a day that's gone by, not just for everything that's happened with Hurricane Harvey, but with uh, things in general lately. I'm like, what can I do? There's nothing that I can do. I have no power over this. But um, I know despite any reservations you may have against the American Red Cross, uh, that that is a donation that is well spent. Um, So uh, you can donate one eight five five nine 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 give. Um, that's uh, you know the best place to to make a donation. You can also text Harvey to nine zero nine 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 to make a ten dollar donation immediately from your your phone. Um, but yeah, I think any bit any bit will help. And again, I know the Red Cross uh, certainly not without controversy. Uh, and has been that way for decades, if not longer. But, uh, you know, at least you know that that money is, is going towards the, the efforts down there. So uh, think, thinking about all you guys, we know that we do have some listeners uh, in that area and have seen, seen some photos on social media. And it just it's uh, there's not, not much you can say about it, guys. So we're, we're here for you. We're thinking about you. And uh, certainly let all of us know if there's anything that we can do to help you out, uh, especially if you're a ghost head and you're, you're a listener. You know, we want to make sure that you guys are taken care of. So, uh, thinking, thinking about our Texas friends and, uh, please, please, if you do have the means, if you can, uh, help everybody out there, that would be so great. Um, but alas, we will get into Ghostbusters conversation. Uh, before we do, did you see David and Nell's ghost trap prop, Chris, that he posted up today? (laughs) I want one. uh, I really want one. That's, uh, that is some top, top notch. 
work there. It's like um, he's if you haven't seen it, it's got he's got the lights, it's got the motorized mechanisms for the doors. Um, you know, this this is a it's a work of art. I mean, for all of the special effects and visual effects that go into the one that you see in the 2016 movie. Man, he really he knocked it out of the park. So, uh check check that out. Uh, awesome stuff, David. Uh I'm jealous. Uh you know, it's it, it's kind of weird to go straight from talking about donating for hurricane efforts to being like I want that thing, but uh I want that thing. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, you want to do needs and wants, needs and wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, we we got uh, some people probably coming back from PKE surge who are wanting the latest news. They've been in in the vortex of of Georgia. So uh, you want to get into some news? Yeah, sure. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head, multiplanar curly emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Okay, so as mentioned, PKE Surge happened this past weekend, as you listen to this on Monday. Um, Based on the official schedule, again, we are recording on Wednesday, so it's all happening in the future for you and I, Chris. But uh, based on the schedule, it looks like it was jam-packed with, you know, parades, panels, parties, um, the pools... What other alliteration can I make here with peas? That's about it. But parties, the pools, parties, the pools, pizza. I bet there was pizza, tons of pizza and popular people. <laughs> there are a lot of popular people. I have seen all of the popular kids are going. Um, oh uh, yes, have some go- the podcast people. The the podcast people. Yes. Uh, speaking yes, of pop- yes, have- speaking of the popular people. That's you know uh, the popular popular podcast like, people. If if this is, if podcasting is the cafeteria, Chris, yeah. I would say uh, yes. Have some is like the cool table. The, the pretty popular podcast. The pretty popular. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Possibly the pretty popular <laughs> podcast people probably. <laughs> we should. Why aren't we doing advertising? We should be I like uh, Dick Van Dyke and and get our company started. Um, but podcast uh, people. Podcast people, people. Uh, yeah, they're they're the the popular kids. We're we're like the D and D guys that are in the corner, you know, like we're sitting putting together no. our character sheets. No, That's we're the D and D people in our basements. Let's let's. <laughs> It's right there in front of us. Let's just, the, you know. Do you, wait. Well, I guess that's true. We're, we're too scared to go into <laughs> Sorry, the, lunch, the lunchroom, the lunchroom cafeteria. We get right. our asses kicked in wedgies and stuff like that. But you're, so. uh, Well, you're in L.A., so you're in you're in the L.A. equivalent of a basement. You don't, don't have, know. Nobody yeah, has a basement. Nobody has basements here. I so mean, you're in the den. San Andreas fault. You don't want, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we don't know what's happening. What we will do is we'll give you all of the details on a roundup next week of all the festivities. Uh, I'm sure yeah. because there was an IDW panel, I'm sure there was some fun to be had there and uh, some some first person testimonials. So uh, hope hope everybody that was out there uh, had a great time. Travel safely. I know a lot of people are coming from far and away. So uh, get get back home safe. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it next week. Let's see. Well, okay, here's stuff we can talk about. Ghostbusters 101 number six uh, came out this past week and um, sad, sad to see it come to an end. Chris, I, did you get a chance to read the, Oh no, you did because I saw you put your certificate up uh, right. onto proton charging uh, the spoiler alert. You know how they do the, the files in, in the back uh, this time around, everybody gets a certificate uh, for graduating the Ghostbusters 101 course, which I thought was That's a really, right. really we're, nice little touch guys. We're all graduates of the, uh, Ghostbusters 101 uh, course. 
We really are. Uh, and and inspired by six. the uh, Ghostbusters, that the certificate that came in the storybook uh, back in 84. So a nice little That's wink right. and a nod to that. But um, but yeah, what uh, impressions uh, of, of the conclusion of the series? We won't, we won't dive into spoiler territory. We, we'll continue to save that. But uh, how, how did you feel about the the tying loose ends, bringing everything to a close uh, conclusion? Well, <laughs> the one thing I did think of again, without boy, can I even talk about it? Well, okay, let's let's give people a little bit of a spoiler warning. If if you spoiler are at all warning. sensitive, just uh, hit the. What we'll do is uh, hit the chapter skip, and you'll be hearing us talk about Sky News, and you'll know it's sure. you'll, you know it's safe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Three, two, one. You've all been right, warned. Uh, <laughs> shortly after my. Uh, pointing out that uh, it'd be a shame if they overused the crossing the streams mechanism. <laughs> they use the, not yeah. specific to this. We talked about it someplace else. I think I think I pointed out that, uh, oh, it was in talking about uh, the possible ways to collapse two universes together. Right, right. Uh, in the movies. And I, I, I posited the suggestion that, uh, you know, everybody goes, let's not do the dangerous thing that we, you know, should have died doing before. Um, and instead, you know, set up a, a, a dramatic, uh, a hero must fall to save the other situation, uh, which would cover nicely the fact that, uh, we have lost a, a hero has fallen in the, in the team. Uh, <laughs> and then in the books, uh, Hey, they, they just do it again. Um, so, <laughs> and even, and, and not only that point out that, uh, they've done it at least twice now. Well, I was going to say so. they do, they, they reference the fact that it has happened multiple times. And in fact, there's a great joke there is saying, you know, Peter, that's not how probability works. That's not how probability works. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was a little dis. Well, so, uh, I here's here's what I have to preface this with. This series has been unbelievably fantastic, and I think it's a oh, testament yes. to the fact that I, what I'm about to say that it's been really a, a great read, in the sense that I feel like it. It's just it was so short. I feel like six issues was just too brief of a period of time for this all to sort of take place within. You know, to the point where in. In issue six, you feel that they're bringing things to a close. You get that sense. You see it telegraphed that, oh, they're going to have to do, they're going to have to cross the streams or something's going to have to happen because we are already on page 14 or 15 and the plan is unfolding. And I know this is coming to an end. Um, So, you know, I, I feel like just with a little bit of breathing room with maybe... 12 issues or even a little bit more than a, a full year run, uh, we really could have gotten something that really shined. And again, not to say that this did not shine because I, I love the crap out of all six of these issues. Um, but I just, I wanted more. And I think that's, it's, it's both good and bad that I wanted it to be fleshed out more. I wanted to sort of live in that world a little bit longer. And, and since we are in spoiler, spoiler territory, I think it is safe to say I was disappointed that they sort of reversed back to their uh, separate universes. I mean, they do have the portals now. They can travel, and we see that in the the sort of yeah. afterward. But um, it, it, things things tied up a little too nicely. You know, I, I, was, I was ready for this to kick off. Here's why they have to go get the turtles, and here's why we're going into the ongoing series uh, for Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Um but yeah. uh, it's it was a nice I, little bow on the end. I do kind of understand it in that they like us have heard that they're 
well, Reitman's throwing around that, yes, they're going to find a way to merge it all together. If you don't know how they're going to do that, you this kind of gives you sort of a, a temporary workaround. Uh, again, spoiler territory in that they, they hint at um, – the time with you two universes overlapped in separating them apart. There's a wonderful uh, uh, full page uh, in there that God, I hope you're not trying to avoid spoilers and or you are <laughs> trying to avoid sorry, spoilers everybody. and you're still listening. Just skip now. Seriously, again, if, uh, if the, we're not talking about Sky, uh, you're not on. safe. Yeah. Hit it again, uh, at least 15 seconds. The maybe twice. Give yourself 30. Um, the bit where they reference stuff uh scenes from all three movies but they've uh swapped characters in and out from the two universes right yeah do you know the one i'm talking that, about that so full pa- or that one page splash uh at the yeah yeah exactly yeah like just fantastic and then they kind of explain that coming out of that they have walked away with kind of a, a working knowledge of the two universes, they technology, yeah. theories, the characters, and what uh, everybody's histories is. So they've kind of left it now that even if they don't cross over all the time, they can drop in right. stuff from either universe accordingly, depending on what they want to play around with. And that's not a bad workaround until 2019 and the new movie comes out and we find out exactly what, if anything, they've done to try to uh, line up the two universes into a single uh, uh, canonical yeah. line, at which point, again, the comics, which are not in line with the movies, uh, well, not the, the Ghostbusters line, the answer the call line, has now wonderfully started off down its own follow-up. But again, that, that they'll both be off by the time the new movie comes out. <laughs> but at least once you know how the two universes in the movie line have collapsed together, they can then act accordingly with their own two universes version do you know what i mean yeah and and that also that really frees up um kelly thompson and the answer the call creative team now because with that working knowledge we don't have their their hands are not tied that these guys don't really have a containment unit that's working ray has now helped them build a new one build a containment Um, unit yeah exactly they now have a working knowledge of of all of the the gadgets and gizmos that Holtzman was in awe of over the first five issues, now she has the working knowledge to build all of that. So if they need this tool, she can. It's it's now plausible that she has the knowledge and the know how to do that. So yeah, and we don't we don't we as readers don't have to sit around watching them struggle with the. Uh, well, gee, if only you talk to the other team, they know how to deal with that problem, <laughs> sort of thing, right? They, they they don't always have to use the. It's interesting. They've given themselves this super powerful tool of the the dimensional thing and are wisely setting themselves up to at least kind of minimize. (laughs) You don't want it to show up every issue now helping out with X, Y, and Z, so... Yeah, but and and again, they they do they plant those seeds where hey, we should just put portals everywhere in case we ever need to assemble the team again, which I, I thought was a, a nice little thing there. And yeah, although um, they also dropped in um, uh, suggestions from uh, um, uh, that uh, the government was a little concerned about this thing not being secure, so perhaps moving ahead, we'll see that it's you know something right. more locked yeah, up. Yeah, Melanie was less than pleased about uh, that, so. Um, yeah, I mean, there, again, there were such great moments in this sixth issue. I, I, I don't mean yeah. to speak ill of it because there, the, the Holtzman Holtzman stuff that we had been anticipating happening some way, somehow that was completely fulfilling. I loved all of that, but, um, 
again, if just even 10 more pages, like just a little bit more for, for Eric and Dan and Tom and everybody to play with. God, it would, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping and I'm praying for another ongoing series where we can just continue to let this, this, this run. I mean, it's just, there's so many stories for them to tell. So I, I love it and I hope it keeps going, but now do we want to plant a little, uh, Michael Tanaka bait? Uh, yes, by all yeah. means. <laughs> so what do you think it means uh, when Kevin said he's uh, feels like he's becoming one with the universe again? Was that a reference to his time possessed by Rowan, or is it foreshadowing something else? Oh. Dum, oh. dum, dum, dum. Oh. Because somebody else went, again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought that was a, almost I thought that was a little bit, a, a bit of a nod to, I think it was actually one of your theories, if I remember correctly, that uh, Kevin's a little touched and maybe some way, somehow he's been tapped into something or he's been living in between two universes or he's he's just too far out in left field uh, to yeah. be a normal person. I kind of remember that now. And I'm not just saying that to, to seize uh, credit to a thing that you think I may have said. <laughs> said yeah remember uh, in the first or second issue he was the one that started to see the leaks first right. he could He's actually see the universes and when others couldn't he could see when things got a little weak he started to see things before others could yeah so um yeah i don't i don't and, and michael the way he it phrases it figured he, out i'm sure but oh i'm sure yeah uh michael i look forward to your 6 a.m email uh, he's, this morning but he's, he's writing it up now where does he live he's probably in bed and you and i record this and he just sort of like automatic writing in the night he like wakes up and the notepad next to him is full oh, what have i done email reply just yeah through osmosis has listened to the podcast but uh yeah stay so tuned, stay tuned everybody for the day that you listen to the podcast and we are freaked out because before we release the podcast, he's already replying to us. I, uh, my phone just buzzed. How did he know? <laughs> uh, I, there was a lot in this issue to really enjoy. Uh, like I said, I could see the couple places where they went. Let's maybe set some stuff up for future drama. So one is um, there's uh, there was a lot to come out of this. So yeah, uh, the the hints that the FBI maybe is a little concerned about multi as they should be. I'm sure uh, multi dimensional yes. travel. Um, the 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 line that Kevin says about being one with the universe. Well, that's going to have to be dealt with, obviously. <laughs> um, and we're finally at the end. Oh God, are you still people still listening? Because we're not at I know, Sky we're not yet. Talking about Sky yet? Keep guys. skipping yet. Sorry. Um, remember when they were saying it's not Garrett? It is Garrett. What are you talking about? Like, it's it, it's you've taken you've they've they took Extreme Ghostbusters and kind of started mashing stuff together. Like, yeah, I you know I thought I was reading too much into that, but I'm I'm glad you got the same read on that. That's that is Garrett. That's like. You, you guys have kind of, I don't know what you're doing, but, and I'm, I guess, is it, is it like a rights workaround again? Like that, uh, that, um, uh, Kylie is not really Kylie. Yeah. So is this another way to kind of try to sort of build the team from Extreme Ghostbusters, but not, I don't, I don't know. Like it's. So it's obviously not Garrett as we know Garrett, but it's, and at the same time, it's not, I don't know. It just, and obviously they're setting a lot more. I, I'm really curious about this team because they've now really fleshed out 
the 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 at least the what do we want to call them students prime as opposed to the the backup students which seems to be comprised of every ghostbusters fan in the world <laughs> which yeah was a great little nod all of the people that were helping with the ley lines there's so many cameos in there but stick um, a pin in that by the way dapper dan <laughs> I may have some final thoughts about how out of the entire Ghostbusters fandom, everybody is either either at a minimum alive or a Ghostbuster. I am a dead Confederate ghost. (laughs) I'm not sure how, especially this year, I'm not sure how I feel about this anymore. Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) Chris, there's something we have to tell you about yourself. Oh, oh uh, God. But um, the the Garrett thing is interesting. Yeah. that That is a heavy and short. Like you say, that over a six issue arc and we really didn't spend a lot of time on him and, and the, the, you know, the, the student prime kids at all. Yeah. That is some, that is some heavy character setup to and move they're, ahead they're, with. Like, you know, what's funny is you, you mentioned that they probably were trying to stray the, the extreme ghostbusters characters away from the sort of archetypes that they fell into there. But those, those one one characters sort of fell into the extreme ghostbusters archetypes. Like, Garrett is sort of the cross between Roland and Garrett. Um, and then, um, oh shoot. I'm uh, blanking on her name. Uh, she's, she's sort of the, the Kylie of the group without being sort of goth. Uh, Kate, is it Kate? Kate. Yeah, I think so. Or Katie. Kate. Yeah. 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 Kate. And then, um, no, I'm sorry. Zoe is sort of that, uh, she's, she's sort of like the tech head and is sort of the Kylie of the group. Kate is sort of the like, you know, she just is there because of Janine. And then Evan sort of falls into being Eduardo. Like, I Eduardo. thought this was going to be the easy A, man. Like, why am I out here? I don't want to do this in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, the same griping, even even right down to being like the taller, ganglier member of the group with the, you know, the the needs a haircut uh, <laughs> right. brown hair. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, totally. Very close and not all at the same times, which again brings us back to when we said, is that Roland? And the answer, <laughs> instead of saying outright, no, it's not, the answer was sort of sort not really. Of, well, of, <laughs> yeah, he's Roland Garrett. R- he's Ger- <laughs> Garland. So, so I, um, I'm re- I'm now going to read into that because they didn't say uh, emphatically, no, it's not Roland that it was kind of their way of saying a little bit, yeah. but not quite. And certainly we can't admit it online or, or, or you know, so many lords and masters <laughs> will be upset that once again, we've slipped well, in stuff. We're not supposed to lawyers somewhere. It really, twitching. It works. It's so, it's, it's so seamless. It's so nice. I mean, he's, he's out there. He has Roland's uh, work ethic. He's out there. He's covering the ley lines from top to bottom and he's being very meticulous about that. So uh-huh. that's, that's the Roland. And then Very he's got Roland. the family the, with his dad, that whole uh-huh. moment there. Very Garrett. Um, he's, he's got the, 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 the sweet fade cut going on. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got the fade, which, you know, Roland obviously had, um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a little too much to go. No, it's absolutely not. Wink, wink. Well, um, and, uh, and the leg, right. Doesn't he have a prosthetic leg or am I thinking of Kevin? You're thinking of Kevin. Kevin has the prosthetic leg. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so yeah, I mean, at any rate, it's just, it's a very sweet issue. It's, it's a very fitting end. You've reminded me that we have to have a whole episode where we share our conspiracy theories about Kevin's, uh, prosthetic leg. (laughs) 
because that <laughs> has I not need been that guy's leg. That, that not, has not been discussed enough. No. no um, sorry, I interrupted, and you're right. It, it was a. It, it did what you and I kind of posited, which was there was no big bad. This was not about some super complex um, ghost or adversary, because really the the super complex adversarial thing was the idea that the two universes had collapsed and that was it it was just a big setup to uh meeting of the minds have some fun with it and then put them back the way they was with a few things shuffled around for fun and and, and fell into the trappings of a real ghostbusters episode where we just build a really big trap and we cross the streams or we overload Uh the packs and we're done like that kind of that little (laughs) bit of an homage to just overload the packs guys that's all we need to do um i I mean in, in that sense it was really nice because it was you know you're 22 minutes into uh, real Ghostbusters, you know that that music's going to start up and they're going to solve it all at this moment in time, right here, right now. So you know, I would I would pay five dollars and fifty cents all over again for a second issue if it was a motion comic. <laughs> do that, yeah. IDW, totally. do a motion comic. I wonder why they haven't. Use, and use the real Ghostbusters music. <laughs> Try on to something here. Do that. Yes. Well, it's funny we're in later Tom. in the rundown here. Tom Waltz, we're <laughs> Tom, reaching out to you in the please. night. Um, Do this thing. But listen, listen to the music in the uh, Today Show thing that we're going to talk about in a little bit here, mm. um, because it sounds vaguely familiar. But anyway, so uh, yeah, so uh, welcome back to everybody who's been skipping for fifteen seconds, and it's now thirty-two minutes in. <laughs> um, we, did we say fifteen seconds? We may have meant we 15, may have minutes. fifteen minutes. But We're yes, very so sorry. we are now about to talk about the Sky Cinema thing. You're safe. You can come back if you're covering your ears. You're doing the earmuffs thing. You're you're safe now. But uh, so speaking of answer the call, uh, it has started showing on Sky Cinema in the UK, and to sort of mark that uh, premiere. They did a special, they actually called it Ghostbusters Special. Very clever title. Um, and it was a half hour round table uh, discussion with the four lead actresses in the film. I think it was actually done quite a while ago and maybe they've just put yeah. it on the shelf and they've waited. I think it was, I, d- think, I think, I think you're right. I think that I had the same thing. Like I'm sitting there going, there's no way they went back and did this just for a, a UK television premiere. Yeah, I mean, they're sch- all over the scheduling, place, right? they're all over the place. Um, and then also, so what I'll do is it's a half hour. I'm not going to play the entirety of it, but I'll, I'll, I'll play some excerpts because it is very, it's, it's, you can tell they're on the press circuit. So they're saying a lot of things that you've already hear, you've heard them say. Um, and that's what leads me to believe that it's not new because they're not retrospectively. Yeah. It, nothing is in the past tense. Nothing is like, well, you know, we, <laughs> there would have been a lot of very obvious references <laughs> yes. to 2016. Had that been the case yeah, and current events too, um, yes. things that are going on. So, um, but, uh, you know, at any rate, it is, it's nice to hear from them. It was a long format, which I always really enjoy. Um, God bless the, the BBC and sky and, and all of those, uh, British companies that still appreciate things that are not in soundbite form. Um, I'm sorry that I'm taking it and chopping it up into soundbites for people right now, but, uh, yeah, so here's, here's a little bit of that and then we'll come back and hopefully this is good for the people that were skipping to spoilers and like, Oh, that sounds like, uh, that's, that's Kate McKinnon. That can't be spoiler. So here they are. You have no kidding. Uh-huh. Well, just, uh, just give me the address. Uh, yes, of course. Oh, they'll be totally discreet. 
Three decades after the world fell in love with the Ghostbusters. He slimed me. They're busting onto <laughs> cinema screens once again. Who's in the mood to save New York City? <laughs> it's certainly one of the most audacious remakes we've seen for some time. Because after over 30 years, the Ghostbusters are back on the big screen in a way we've never seen before. During Christmas of 1985, everyone knew who to call if there was something strange in the neighborhood. Ghostbusters! Starring alongside Bill Murray, co-writers Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, along with director Ivan Reitman, created a box office smash and a worldwide phenomenon. Hello. The inevitable sequel, as well as a world of spin-offs and merchandise, soon followed. But as the 20th century turned into the 21st, it seemed like the hotline to cinema's favourite supernatural scientists had gone silent forever. Who are you going to call? Until now, that is, as Ghostbusters is rebooted for a whole new generation of fans. Over the next half hour, we'll take a look behind the scenes at the making of the movie. Writer-director Paul Feig talks about the challenge of reimagining such a well-loved franchise. And I'm going to be joined right here by the cast to discuss the new movie and find out whether Bustin makes them feel good. Who are you going to call if you need a new spin on an old classic? What's the place called again? Conductors of the Metaphysical Examination. Got it. Ghostbusters. Step forward writer-director Paul Feig, who has already proved with monster hits Spy and Bridesmaids that female-led comedies could lead to big laughs and even bigger box office. Not only is he in charge of the film, He's also on clapperboard duty for my exclusive interview with the cast of the movie. As I'm joined by the quartet of big screen comedians who are bringing Ghostbusters back. These women are just sad. I'm sure she just misspoke. Sad, bored, lonely, sad women. Oh. It's the Ghostbusters. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. I guess we should start with the fact that there is something eternally cool about being a Ghostbuster. I mean, forevermore, no matter what you do, you will always be a Ghostbuster. And I think it'd be great to get an idea of how that feels to each of you. Melissa, if we start with you, you're a Ghostbuster. I know, you know, I have a really strong, uh, specific memory of the first time I said it. I just talked to Paul, I was at work, and I came out and somebody said, what's the matter with you? They said, you look, oh, you look a little crazy. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, now it's getting weirder. So either say something or, or stop making that face. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, what? And I was like, I'm going to be a Ghostbuster. It just seemed like the nuttiest thing to say. And I realized that like, I got a little like goosebumps all over. And I really felt like, oh my God, to actually say that for the first time. It's just super cool. I'm such a huge fan of the the first two that it seems surreal. Because it is, it is that bigger deal, isn't it, yeah. Kate? Oh, me? Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. I no, I, I didn't want to interrupt. Absorbed the... in the world of my espresso <laughs> here. Um, yes, it's a huge deal. I, For me, the hugest deal is that you have um, four women 
who are the leads of the movie, and they're in jumpsuits, and the jumpsuits are not skin tight. And that's, to my knowledge, the first that that's ever happened. And I am in love with the, its existence, and that I got to be a part of that is just the greatest honor that's ever been bestowed upon me. <laughs> Um, Kristen, uh, what was it like uh, for you and becoming a Ghostbuster? I was in the tub. Mm -hmm. I take a bubble bath every day. I have a towel where I wrap my so my hair doesn't get wet. Mm -hmm. And I sit in my bubble bath with champagne and I have one of those phones, <laughs> the gold, you know, the gold and white no, ones. I know that the, with the oh, Princess oh, Cradle. Princess the, Cradle. The Princess the Cradle. Princess Cradle. I have one. I said, hello. <laughs> hello, Hollywood. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, and I can't, I will never forget it. Yeah. Every day when I bathe I like really that, I remember. I really want that to be true. <laughs> so do I. I'm one of those to be true so bad. <laughs> and uh, Leslie, finally, uh, bigger. On being a Ghostbuster. I think three days after I became a cast member, that's when I found out that I was going to be a Ghostbuster uh, from Paul. Paul. And um, I just remember walking down the street thinking of the music <laughs> and was like walking because I had on these heels and I was like, I even started like Ray Jr. and I was like, I like the idea of someone just watching you, you get yeah, your heels on, and you're yeah, just like, yeah, and people watching. was looking at me. They was like, oh my gosh, she's such in a good so mood. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you hired, know I'm you hired Ray Parker to be behind yeah, you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's that's something that can happen once you become a Ghostbuster. He is on call. Like you it can really just go, is. Ray, I'm we have, we have Don't his, say it to We have his phone number. We have his phone number on dial, like speed dial. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. Why? It would be bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What do you mean, bad? Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. I guess the other good thing about uh, the Ghostbusters, though, <laughs> is the fact that, um, you know, they're scientists, they're hero scientists, 90% uh, of them, three quarters of them are. So how does it feel sort of waving that flag in 2016 for scientists being heroes? It's nice to have characters whose, um, whose brawn is in their brains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ron? I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to just turn your head. Um, I improved beam accuracy by adding a plasma shield to the RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And to dub it all off, we got a freaking Faraday cage. There is a responsibility bringing the Ghostbusters back. A, a massive responsibility. So were there certain things that you had to have in place that you just wanted to know, okay, that is what I needed to know before I sign up for this movie? I probably would have done another any no, we can hear any amount of money, but um, Paul, just hearing that, I mean, I'm such a massive fan of uh, Paul's movies, and knowing that he was at the helm, I knew that the it would be hilarious, it would be heartfelt, it would be action-packed, and it would be all the things that it should be, and that no one was better equipped to deliver the right product. <laughs> I do good. <laughs> I also once. I mean, I once I read the script when I knew it was the four of us. That felt right to me. I thought we're so different, yet it it seems like the right combination. But there's no real overlap. And and yeah, with Paul. But the it, it just uh, 
it kind of seemed like, how on earth do you say no to that? And it wasn't until um, uh, Paul came up with the idea, sort of had the epiphany of going, let's just reboot it. Let's start over with uh, an all-female cast of Ghostbusters. Why do you think it was that that eventually got the, the wheels rolling on this idea after sort of so much stalling? I think it's fresh. Yeah, the script You know, original? Amazing. To make the, the script a little bit more original, the idea and the concept, I think it's way fresher with four yeah. women, you know? I do too. Yeah, it's nice to see the story again in a different way rather than here's 30 years later what now the same people are up to. It's kind of a different way to do it. Look at that beauty! What did you do to my uncle's purse? I fixed it. Man, this is so inappropriate for this vehicle. Oh, we have fun. Woo! How are you feeling about people finally seeing this movie? Is it is it a question of sort of just going like you just wait until you see it? I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, mm. wait. can't wait. I want. I literally am chomping at the bed for it to be out there and for people to see it. I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a juicy time of you know <laughs> what's gonna happen and they're gonna like it. I think they're gonna <laughs> like it. Something big is gonna happen. The word we're looking for is apocalypse. I will kick the unliving crap out of you, and you, especially you. We don't want mass hysteria. Get out of the city! Get out of the city! So, speaking of Answer the Call, um, this article, Chris, that was in The Verge, uh, you, you pointed this out, uh, and it was it's interesting timing because it, it does reference Ghostbusters' Answer the Call at the very top of the article, mm-hmm. but they did this very thorough um, history of slime, basically. They, they sort of, it starts out as, a, boy, isn't slime cool? You know, it's been in all sorts of things, like Ghostbusters and... Uh, you know, they even go so far as to be like, oh, it was in Jurassic Park and Star Trek, and they point out like other yeah. uses of slime and mucus and things like that. Um, but so what they did is they 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 tried to do a little bit of archaeology, entomology, figure out where slime originated, and it seems like their discussion, and this is Chris, where I'm going to lean on your expertise because I'm wondering if this was your interpretation of it as well. Slime was a result after World War II, sort of like right in the 40s, 50s era when we started having a lot of the monster B movies. Uh, that's where they say slime as a term originated, you know, with movies like uh, The Slime People, The Green Slime, uh, you know, Vincent Price saying things about slime. Uh, that's, that's where they think that this originated. But is that true? Is that is that the the origins of slime are just that recent? No, I didn't think um, so. Yeah the the popularized popularization of slime. Yes, it's a very good argument to point out that um, the f- late forties, but definitely the fifties and early sixties, was this early golden age of of uh, science fiction. Uh, in particular, horror not right, as much. Right. They in the the um, the fifties and into the early sixties, uh, 
uh, horror was still in a uh, horror. It was in a, a, a weird place. Like the universal horror movies were made in the, the thirties and, um, some of the follow-ups into the forties then, and they were still kind of just recycling the popularity of them. Like they were still quite big in yeah, airing and on TV, uh, weekly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, horror, not so much, but sci-fi really kind of took off. And, and in that, you know, in that case, aliens are all over the place and aliens are, you know, slime tight. Well, I mean, look at the blob and stuff like that. Right. Right. But the, as a word, again, popularizing the word maybe, but, um, no, I, uh, well, without going off and doing a, an essay on it, I, I, it has to have been, uh, earlier than that. Um, you know what? Speaking of the internet, what I did like was their, um, their, uh, pointing out that, uh, uh, if you search for it online, like it's one of the, one of the biggest hits is like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a major thing how to make slime. And that is very much an internet era thing because I remember prior to the, the, the broad popular, uh, you know, mainstream of the internet and Google in particular, um, homemade slime wasn't really a thing, but now it's a, uh, definitely ever ho- every Halloween it shows up all oh, over the uh, place. There's, there's a commercial that's airing right now with like Elmer's glue and they're showing you how to make, uh, Elmer's glue slime just in time for Halloween. And it's, but it's, it's a 30 second spot, you know, what? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Um, but I re- no, no, it's it's as I thought. Uh, so there's a lot of very similar words, Old English of slime, S L I M, uh, Germanic origin. Uh, mm. There's a Dutch similar word called slime, but it's got a a, a J in there for odd, the <laughs> odd Dutch twist to it. Uh, yep. uh, German yeah. is slime, um, and uh, Latin, the Latin meaning mud, but I mean that's a consistency reference then. Uh, limus. Uh, and, uh, the Greek, uh, had the similar word, uh, um, limne for marsh. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, like slime ooze, those, those names probably yeah, pre-existed the 1950s, gunk, the, the yeah. B movies. A textual, it's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and reread them cause I may have misunderstood their point, but it seems here like, yeah, as I suspected the word existed, but there's an argument to be made that mostly it was in reference to a uh, a particular texture, like the yeah. the Latin for mud in here. That's a uh, well, the Dutch one was for slime or phlegm, so that's closer. Phlegmy, slimy, yeah, that makes sense. The old English was closer to sticky substance. Uh, hmm. So again. Um, Old but Norse popularized, film. it didn't hit pop culture then until. But once it the hit B the fifties and popular culture, yeah. it is as we know it from Ghostbusters. It is a a semi transparent, you know, colored, well, uh, mucusy type thing, right? right? More than anything. So, um, and and they do give Ghostbusters the credit, and the, the whole reason we bring it up is they give Ghostbusters the credit it deserves for coining yeah. the phrase "he slimed me," which then kicked off the craze of Nickelodeon sliming people. And yes, uh, it, exactly. from there it was it became what it was. But well, because uh, let's say for example, uh, Alien 
uh, predates uh, Ghostbusters by quite a bit. Nobody makes reference to slime or slimy. Yeah, or anything the like viscous that. liquid that is acidic. Yeah, not so yeah. much. But was their saliva acidic or just their blood? Uh, oh, you're right. It was just the blood. The slime that came out of their mouths was not. It's they their, drool they so much. Blood. If that stuff yeah. was molecular acid, those things would be falling <laughs> through holes left, right, and center. <laughs> That's a good point. You're right. You're right. It wasn't their drool. It was their, their blood. But, uh, um, I, I watched uh, Alien F- Resurrection the other day. I, we now live in a land where I can buy the first four movies on Blu-ray for relatively cheap and i did so oh yeah watch the the director's cut of resurrection it didn't improve much a little bit you are a beautiful butterfly yeah (laughs) but it had uh sigourney weaver kicking ass yes it does that's a tangent that 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 line (laughs) is where that movie goes awry you are a beautiful beautiful butterfly and the whole movie goes out the window but I think uh, this article is a, is a wonderful companion to all the articles that point out how the concept of the flying saucer, as it's popularly known, can be traced back to kind of the late 40s and 50s science fiction movies or uh, robots, similarly. Everything right. we know about robots, droids, androids grew out of that first wave of science fiction in the late 40s and 50s. Uh, and it's unique because I don't know that anybody decided to look at that, but it's a fair point. Slime is something that it existed before, but not in the popular way we know it now. And you can trace that back to, um, um, you know, to the, it, it steps much the same way too. Cause just like a lot of this stuff kind of started its popular rebirth in the, the forties and fifties, it wasn't until we get to like the late seventies, early eighties that something in the popular movie, uh, pop culture, really cement something home right like the idea yeah, of people catch on were, and yeah flying saucers were goofy but then spaceships in the 70s with star wars and star trek and all that just really locked it down this concept of, of no really right like yeah. they were fantasy flying saucers before then but from that point on all spaceships flipped over in our minds into what were they like inside and what is their function and how do we live in them? Cause we stopped thinking of them as somebody else's toy and started thinking about, about our toy, uh, droids, instead of being robots suddenly flipped it like the terms like droids and androids, yeah, silent running and yeah, cyborgs. And they yeah. all showed up and they brought with them a whole host of new questions instead of just mindless server robot <laughs> that talks like this. Uh, we, we started wondering about things like, what happens when they break down? What happens if they're, you know, too smart? What happens? I don't know that we can get too deep with slime. No, no. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, we do but, have other in-depth and anal- like speaking of in-depth analysis, we have two other items on here that are pretty meticulous. Do it so. before I wander down a slime <laughs> rabbit hole that nobody wants to get into. But, well, at any rate, so yeah, go, go check out the verge article. It's, it's interesting. And we'd love to hear your take on slime uh, as well. You know, where, where did you sort of glom onto it? Because it, it, Obviously, it's become very popular, and no, that was not a wordplay that it was intended. But um, yeah, it's it's been very popular in, in pop culture since the '80s now. And uh, you know why? Why did we? It, it used to be called phlegm, and now we're like, that's cool, dude. I want slime all over my costume. But 
Uh, Mind you, you you just asked a bunch of people listening to a Ghostbusters podcast. When did you latch onto the term? That's true. I think, I think we Probably already know the answer. That's why but, uh, that's why we're here, guys. So, but a few of us not so much. Like I like I said, there's kind of a time there where you know maybe it was the Blob or maybe it was yeah yeah. You know? uh, or for for the younger kids who got into Ghostbusters through real Ghostbusters. By that point, a lot of other things were also featuring slime. Like there are probably kids Slimer. that might have run into it, as you said. Well, well Slimer. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the Nickelodeon stuff. Right. Where you can't do that on television. Oh. You kids. Um, all right. Well, so, okay, here we've got two in-depth things that are coming up here. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of reorganizing here of the rundown. Let's talk about the void really quickly. Um, they now are hiring. They are absolutely hiring because they are continuing their world domination. They're opening all of their <laughs> things. They're, they're talking about how Star Wars is going to really help them uh, just launch virtual reality to where they want it to be, which is great. But um, as a result of that, the Today Show and uh, Chanel Jones and Jill Martin from the uh, the morning show, which I had no idea that Dean Kane is a co-host on now, by the way. But anyway, yeah, who knew? Um, so they they went and experienced the uh, Madame Tussauds version of the Void Ghostbusters experience, and they did a walkthrough. Uh, it was very fun seeing them go through it, and you also get to see, which I thought was cool, um, what you don't get to see in the experience with the headset on. So you get to see, oh, they're in the room, and that's the door, and that's the kitchen, and you get to see how they've built their set, which I, I really liked. That was yeah. that was super cool. So. Um, not a whole lot new there. It is fun to, uh, see a couple of non Ghostbusters fans go and do a Ghostbusters experience. So I, I have a little bit of audio just to catch their enthusiasm here that we'll play just for you guys. So full disclosure, I always see Jill on her Instagram going on wild adventures, skydiving, <laughs> cliff jumping, paragliding. Then I told her, I was like, next time you do something crazy like that, I'm in, right? I said, my only rule, I will not jump out of a plane. I am not Superman here. I can't fly. <laughs> I, I cannot fly either. I don't even like heights. It's true. Absolutely. So how'd it go? What happened? Okay. Well, I took a somewhat skeptical Chanel to something I discovered yes. a few months ago. We didn't even have to go far, just seven blocks away from here. And here's what made it extra whatever. So all I was told was to wear sweats and sneakers and no makeup. Luckily, I trust you, Jill. You wore makeup. All right. I just explained. <laughs> After Tuesday's show, Chanel and I met outside the studio and our mystery Girls' Day Out adventure began. Here she comes. This is going to be good. Can I just say something? <laughs> I've been told to put on sneakers, and that's it. I don't have a purse, no phones, or whatever. It's actually kind of free, although I don't know what's about to happen, but it's kind of fun. You're not afraid to, afraid to fly in the air, right? While our girls' day didn't involve flying, I did want to heighten Chanel's experience by keeping her in the dark. This is killing me. After a quick trip from 30 Rock to the heart of Times Square, we arrived at Madame Tussauds. As soon as we entered, we had some great celebrity sightings. There's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Look at Susan Sarandon. Who's real? And we even made a new friend. Is this gonna be on today? I don't even know, that's the thing. Can I tell you something, Ethan? Yes. I've always wanted to be right here. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then the time had come. Holy first. For us to enter another dimension. This is like creepy, but cool. We haven't even started yet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Leslie Jones? I'm a Jones? Here's your first hint. Okay. Who are you 
to call. We're about to put you in the Ghostbusters movie. After the release of the latest Ghostbusters movie, Madame Tussauds teamed up with The Void for a fully immersive virtual reality exhibit that places you in the center of the film's most iconic scenes. It's kind of a different, a different place you get to go and let your mind go and, and explore a new world. This, I wanted Chanel to experience for herself. All right, we're suited up. You told me I would have an adventure. This is unlike anything I could have ever imagined. Do you trust me? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters! If there's something weird uh, uh, creeping in your bed, uh, uh, who are you gonna call? I'm so impressed. Ghostbusters! I mean, With that, it was time for the real adventure to begin. Let me get my mean face. Wait, you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Get him! In our 12-minute adventure, we went head-to-head -head with ghosts from every angle. And even took on the state puffed marshmallow man. Oh, he's stubborn! Oh, oh my gosh! That was amazing. Wow. Were you scared? Yes! I know that it's not real, and I'm still like ducking. This was awesome. Alright, we did it. Like, I'm still smiling. I feel like a seven-year-old. I'm like, ah. I think now it's who you're gonna call? Us. Us. And obviously, they did not want to pay for Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters theme song. <laughs> very sad. Ray just built a new house. I saw, and it looks very beautiful. I'm sure he's got to pay off that pool. But anyway, so he, he didn't. He didn't build it because he wanted to. He built it because he accidentally periscoped the location of his old one out to the world. <laughs> he did. We all knew where he lived, so he had to. We all move. knew where he lived. Time to move. Sorry, Ray. But Sorry, uh, right. so, okay, one more quick news item here. Johnny Lightning. Didn't think we would be talking about Johnny Lightning again in terms of Ghostbusters, but yet here we are. Uh, they have a Ghostbusters 2 set that is being reissued. This yeah. is the set that they had. I don't know, man, it's been four or five years now. Oh, no, more. More? I couldn't remember I when that, that set came I out. I bought that set prior to having a child, prior to having the wife with which I had the child. Wow. Like, really? I was still. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Johnny Lightning, that was that was a while ago. A long time ago. Like, so. The Frightening mm, Lightning. Um, that's got to be. 10 years? 10 years ago. Years? Unbelievable. 10 so, to 12 years ago. Uh, so if you missed out on it all that time ago. What they've done is they've retooled the Ecto-1A. So the set includes the Ecto-1A, uh, a police car, circa 1980-something, uh, which is very cool, and then four of their little minifigures that are scaled to the Matchbox car size, uh, which is also very cool. But the whole set is being retooled. They've uh, done a new version of the die-cast car of the Ecto-1A, um, and it is being released this September, this month, as you are listening to this. Right. Um, very cool. I didn't even know they still had the license, to be completely honest. So uh, this is a, a, a yeah. total surprise. That one I have to look into because we've noticed a couple of times now figures get it made, like, say, uh, Diamond Select does Ghostbusters, while at the same time Mattel is putting out uh, the same guys, the original team in, in a new set. So I think... I think what it comes down to, when it comes to things that are molded, like if you want to reissue a product, you might, there might be some sort of okay to do that. Because these are like, um, 
uh, diecast cars. So I, I'm mm, wondering if yeah. there's a limited okay with to reissue a set or a thing. Previ- yeah, previ- previously existed, so it's okay, or I don't know. It's, it's a strange one. Uh, yeah. Frankly, frankly, I'll have to ask around, because I'm as curious as you are, but it's apparently a thing, because, yeah, like, Mattel put out Ghostbuster figures at exactly the same time as Diamond Select was yeah, putting out figures, yeah. while, meanwhile, we're watching how many different Blitzway, <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> What's the names that a Hong Kong are doing there? Yeah, like, Soldier Story and all those guys and uh, Iron. Uh, God, what's the Iron Studios? I want to say it is, but yeah, Iron so, Butterfly. Iron, yeah, Iron Butterfly. Oh, Alf Clausen. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, check check that out if you guys missed out on that. I actually I'm going to pick that one up because I loved the Johnny Lightnings. Uh, they look really cool yeah. in the package. So. Um, okay, here we are with the 49 minute mark and we have saved the best for last, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ghostbusters resurrection. Uh, they hit us with the goods. Now we, (laughs) we recorded last week's episode on Wednesday and then quite literally the Thursday morning after that. Yes. uh, They, they laid it all on the table. The, the resurrection team said, Oh, challenge accepted guys and in fact we're going to show you up because what they did is they they waited and i feel bad because they waited for uh wilhelm von homburg's birthday to release this which was even more uh it's just kismet i don't know how they planned that but so uh if you don't know what i'm talking about i was talking with chris and i had a a very perplexed question that i offered to everybody how did the ghostbusters defeat vigo at the end of ghostbusters 2 and we had a really great explanation from michael tanaka on last week's episode and uh, chris you sort of threw down the gauntlet and you said uh, boy i bet nobody can top that wink wink nudge nudge ghostbusters resurrection <laughs> so yeah i should have known better yeah so uh doug banks and the crew at resurrection they're the the podcasters that do their um their role-playing game and they turn it into an audio drama it's a whole lot of fun please check it out they wrote a 16 page thesis paper on exactly how and why vigo the carpathian was defeated on new year's eve the stroke of midnight even going so far as to provide context between uh, uh, like Vigo's ascent from powerful, powerful sorcerer to Lich. Um, they talk about his uh, phylactery. Did I say that right? Phylactery? Uh, it yes. doesn't sound right, but it just came out and it sounded strange. It's the Let's beer. Let's say yes. Yes. Uh, but you know, but they, they explain what that is in layman's terms. If you're not familiar with it, if you're a Lich, you have to have something that you are bound to, sort of like uh, in Harry Potter, the Horcruxes. If the Horcruxes are destroyed... Uh, the entity is defeated. Um, they also, I mean, it, it just everything. They they have a detailed page as to what Vigo's powers were when he came back, you know, in 1989. Um, it, it just very, very cool. I mean, it's, it's the type of stuff that if you're a role-playing uh, person, like the Ghostbusters Resurrection guys are, you just eat it up with a spoon because it is so awesome and it is so detailed. And then you just kind of hit yourself over the head and you go, duh, yeah, obviously, that makes a whole lot of sense. But um, (laughs) so, yeah, so they go into like his abilities when he reappeared in 1989. They also have an analysis of the Fettuccine painting as to what the symbolism means in that. Yes. 
Um, so please, please go seek this out. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll post a link to it. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but I do want to read one of my favorite excerpts, which is their reasoning for the exact defeat. Since we gave Michael Tanaka his due, we're going to, for 16 pages, we have to give these guys the airtime. So, <laughs> Here um, so here's what they say. <clears throat> In the painting, Vigo struggled to retain his form. With the slime becoming positively charged, his powers were weakening fast. This is in reference to all the people outside singing and the Statue of Liberty, all that jazz. That's That was the lead up that led into this. The dark backdrop of the river of slime had become a shimmering swirl of colors, suggesting the integrity of the phylactery itself was in flux. Vigo was ultimately unable to regain control and appeared in a new form that was previously unseen. Some have speculated that he chose a demonic form as some kind of level up uh, or intimidation. You know, he, he, he chose this form because he wanted to intimidate the Ghostbusters. However, he looked identical to the images processed by the spectral analyzer. Aha! This suggests that the positive PKE was revealing the true form that he had been the entire time. The more human Vigo was simply an illusion. Too weak to materialize outside of the painting, Vigo took advantage of a previously established connection to Ray from the deleted scene and jumped into his body. Um, the connection may have been based on the failed attempt to control Ray's mind earlier, or Vigo could have chosen Ray as a plan B. Regardless, he assumed the Ghostbusters wouldn't attack their friend, but he failed to realize that the slime that powered him could also be used against him. On Vankman's cue, Winston immediately hosed Ray down while Vankman and Egon fired their proton streams directly at the painting itself. With his painting under attack and the positive mood slime weakening him further, Vigo was forced out of Ray's body. In a possible last-ditch effort to protect his phylactery, Vigo hovered in front of the painting, absorbing the full brunt of the Ghostbusters attack. Getting pummeled with positive slime and proton beams, he was forced to retreat back into the painting a final time. Since the painting itself was a phylactery and was imbued with negative PKE, because it contained Vigo's soul, after all, it was overwhelmed by the stronger positive energy and physical force. The destruction of the phylactery, phylactery I'm going to get it, was explosive, but the raw PKE remained. And since the crowd outside was riding a wave of happiness focused on the Ghostbusters, the psychomagnetheric slime inside the painting reformed itself to reflect this. The end result was the now famous Fettuccini portrait. Whew. Honestly, it's, it's not too far from what Michael Tanaka posited last week. That's it's I think they're in the same ballpark. I think they're in the same the, the same headspace as to why uh Vigo was defeated. It it's that he was he was drawn well he wasn't drawn is not the right word. He was bound to the painting. The painting is his horcrux. And uh because of that if they were able to negate that horcrux he was neutralized. He wasn't defeated. He wasn't sent back anywhere. He was just completely neutralized. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that. I like that, you know, the, the positive energy got rid of his physical force, um, but the, the PKE is still there. It's still a possessed object. It's still something that retains that supernatural charge, if you will. 
Um, yeah. and that's, that's kind of what Michael was getting at too, with, with what his, his reasoning. And that's a even better question now is why did the Fettuccini p- a painting appear? You know, after all of that, why did it end up having this, uh, amazing Renaissance era painting, uh, of the four guys? How could that possibly have happened? But, um, I don't Chris, this is the stuff I love. I mean, this is, here it is. We're almost 30 years removed from 1989. And as a kid, I watched that and I'm like, yeah, they beat Vigo. I, I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. I was why, not why thinking would you? of, no, the good guys win, the bad guys lose. That's all that mattered. Um, but, but going back and, and analyzing things like this and, um, we, we skipped over it because we were running long, but Alex newborn, uh, no stranger to ghost heads, especially if you've seen the documentary, he went back and he did this in-depth analysis of uh, there's there's a moment in the commentary where Harold Ramis says that they were running through Rockefeller Center and a security guard started chasing them down because they didn't have a permit to be filming there. So during that montage, during the first movie, you know, they're they're quite literally being chased by somebody through Rockefeller Center. Yeah. But we all kind of went like, I don't see anybody chasing them. Maybe in the background. I don't understand. Alex Newborn took it upon himself to do a Zapruder film analysis of like, <laughs> like why, what was, what was Harold talking about and have we seen it? And he was able to pinpoint it to a shot in the trailer. Um, so yeah, I've always had trouble seeing it too, but then I know other people who are like, yeah, I know the scene. He can totally see him. It's like, yeah, no, I mean, you see how? people in Where? the background, you see somebody like kind of like raise his hand. Um, but so yeah, this, this type of analysis, this type of scrutiny, which can vary, it, it can backfire. I mean, look at Twitter. Um, if you analyze things a little too deeply, sometimes it can get a little too heated, but uh, this is this is the stuff that I love, and this is frankly the reason, Chris, that you and I probably started the podcast in the first place. We didn't mm-hmm. know that we were going to be riding the wave of a new movie uh, at the time, um, but just to talk about this kind of stuff, just to sit and talk shop about Ghostbusters, uh, that's that's why this got started. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, if you guys have other theories, no matter how wild they may be, if you want to make us laugh. That's totally fine, but we do want to hear you guys' opinions of uh, of the Vigo defeat, of the Fettuccini painting, of anything. Honestly, if if there's something that's bugged you or that you've had questions about in the movies, and you just want to throw it out to the hive mind that is ghost heads, that are ghost heads, is ghost heads, are ghost heads. What is grammatically correct there? That is ghost is heads? ghost heads. I yeah, think. that just sounded weird. Again, the beer. Um, but yeah, uh, hit us up on the voicemail because we want to have these conversation starters that that not just for Chris and I to talk about, but for you guys to engage with as well. So uh, s- something on your mind, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on the voicemail. Uh, we we want to have those conversations with you Don't guys. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. 
That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. All right, let's bring it home, Chris. Let's bring it on home. Sure. I, before before I let you do some final thoughts, I have to. I I feel terrible. Uh, the Sky audio that we played earlier in the show uh, would not have been possible without uh, a very special person out there in Leeds, uh, Laszlo Panaflex. Panaflex, um, thank you so much for recording that for us. Uh, mm. Chris, Chris, and I don't have Sky Cinema, and you were kind enough no. to uh, to do the capture for us. So. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, a, a bow and nod, a, a tip of the hat to you to do uh, to do the ghost heads work for us out there. So, um, cub reporter, cub cub reporter, Laszlo Panaflex of Leeds. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, I I stepped on your uh, your your final thoughts time, Chris. What do you got this week? You said to put a pin in something earlier. You said you had. Oh, something. I think it, I think it was just griping at uh, poor Dan Schoening, who oh. deserves no griping at. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as the Ghostbusters comics goes along, he gets to put more and more fans in, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and one of the drawbacks of not being a guy in a uniform for the longest time, uh, since props and being in uniform was not really my thing. Uh, I'm a background ghost. But I'm kind of okay that, with that. I could flip it That's the right. other way. Like I, I could flip the other way and say, how many of y'all are there are ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Not a whole lot of ghosts. I mean, I was a man on the street uh, staring up at a building during some fireworks. That was pretty fun. Uh, but, yeah. So, um, final thoughts. I don't really... I don't really have any. I'm kind of... Uh, it's been a weird... You've been a little busy, man. That's okay. Yeah, you, you've got uh, you got stuff going on. I don't know about you, but I am I am l- literally drenched in sweat right now because the oh. Secret Studio oh, South yeah. is just like sweltering. Oh, so I know what I, sh- I should. Uh, t- final thought. F- first and foremost, uh, I didn't get to really participate, but I did drop in at the end to uh, to uh, say hi and all that. Uh, the Ghostbusters of British client uh, Columbia. Uh, went out to Toy Traders. Um, yes, yeah. I don't know if anybody out there follows uh, Kevin Smith, but if you follow Kevin Smith, last week he posted pictures because I guess he's in town. Supergirl? He's probably shooting Supergirl. I think. I think he mentioned somewhere that he was shoot, shooting. Uh, uh, he like he is because I saw that he went to A and W and bought uh, fifty <laughs> hamburgers for his crew. Uh, he so, loves A and W apparently. But he also went out to Toy Traders. Uh, which is insane. It's like, it's a world-class uh, toy shop. And I don't mean that in the the Herod sense or the uh, FAO Schwartz uh, sense or anything like that. This is like the swap nerd meat, specific. Uh... No, it's not a swap meet, uh, although there is some used stuff. Like there's particular things. Uh, they will buy some older collectibles off of people. Um, and kids stuff like Fisher Price Little People and all that uh, they definitely uh, like to collect that stuff because people go looking for the older sets it's strange what people collect and all that but most of the store is devoted to uh, Funko Pops Playmobil Lego uh, and then in between all manner of like you'll go into a row and it's the DC row and it's nothing Uh, but DC action figures and you go into the next one and it, you go upstairs, there's a set of stairs that go up to a small 
living room sized area that overlooks the store and it's nothing but old stuff like loose G.I. Joe figures, uh, He-Man, you know, Castle Grayskull sets, like old, like the, it's the section oh, for- like Mecca, yeah, yeah Were you born in the in the early 70s? Yes, well the toys <laughs> you're looking for are upstairs, nerd, Oh, uh, But, but um, I just went to say hi and I spent 80 bucks, so. <laughs> um, although to my, to be fair, uh, Toy Traders was uh, offering 25% of their sales on all Ghostbuster items to the BC uh, Wildfire Relief. Uh, BC's got a bit of a forest fire problem going That's, on right yeah, now. Yeah, you were saying off the air that there's with the heat that you guys have up there, you've got smoke as well. So, everything yeah. is everything is just dried out tinder. Uh, and we also live in a world where um, the government says, uh, please stop uh, driving around in your uh, little ATV Forerunner off-road uh little bikes uh because your engines will you know set forests on fire and facebook groups form to complain about it (laughs) and i guarantee you prior to the fires these guys were all like i love to get out in nature i love nature okay stop setting don't do that thing or it'll set it on fire no fair no way yeah (laughs) um so the the ghostbusters british columbia went out uh peter uh had his uh, ectomobile out which is always popular with people coming to the yeah, store. Nice. Uh, we, they were taking donations to get your pictures taken with the the, the car and the, the 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 team all dressed up. Uh, Toy Traders uh, has one or two of the NECA giant Slimers, and they loaned him out to sit in the back of the car. Oh, so nice. So between cool. all that, they raised over a thousand dollars, which was nice. great. Um, Very cool. Big big things for the Ghostbusters of BC uh, happening out there and. Um, all right, guys. We yeah, If you have events coming up, if you uh, if your franchise has, has done some good in the world, as always, please let us know uh, because we do like to to sing you guys' praises. So uh, hit hit us up so we can talk about you just like we talked about the Ghostbusters of BC. You guys are out there doing fine work, doing well, uh, cadets, as Ray says in the comic as well. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Until next week, hopefully where it is a lot cooler and a lot drier uh, for a lot of people. We'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.